0: Welcome to the Pastor Nora King podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Tonight, what I want to talk to you about, the curse... Uh, of sickness being reversed in our life. Now, if you have sickness and disease in your body, again, hearing what I'm going to say, oh my goodness, she's going to talk about that. And that's hard for me to hear because this is going on in my body. That's going on in my body. You are the very one that God wants to hear this tonight. And then anyone else that maybe is not dealing with a sickness or disease. This is your medicine to prevent or when something tries to come upon you, that you're able to stand during that time instead of giving in to it. Amen? So we're talking about tonight this curse of sickness being reversed in our life. Amen? Galatians 3 and verse number 13. And you can turn there in your Bible. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, redeemed or rescued us from the curse of the law. Our plight in life was the curse until Jesus came. And Jesus said, I'll take your curse that you can have my blessing in your life. And so he doesn't want us, listen to me, you may be here tonight and all of these things that we're going to talk about, it may be really new and and you have never heard it before. Or maybe you've heard it many times or whatever, but I'm telling you, Jesus redeemed you and me from the curse of sickness and disease. It doesn't matter. You know, we look at, we look all around us and in this sick world, in this dying, crying, sighing world, we see sickness all around us. It is a curse that came upon the earth when Adam gave away the blessing. And so Jesus had to come and bring the blessing of healing, health, and wholeness and soundness back to us. Now it is available to you Now, I shared with you before, when I began to hear and see these things myself from the Word of God, it was like... This is absolutely wonderful. If this is true, this is the most marvelous truth that I've ever seen. I accepted Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I knew that. But these other things that we've talked about, I didn't know that. I just thought I had to struggle through life any old way. And whatever the devil wanted to throw my way, that I had to accept the way that it was. Well, I'm going to tell you, I don't accept What the devil brings in my life, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. No, devil, you're not doing that to me. No, devil, you're not going to get away with that. The Word says, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of sickness. You see, sometimes we know truths, but we get so comfortable with it. But the Bible says, keep this before you lest you let it slip. And I think it was P.C. Nelson... Um, uh, uh, you know, just a, a, a fine scholar of the Word of God. And, and he said that we ought to every day feed upon the Word as it relates to healing and faith. Whatever else you read, make that a part. Why? Because that's where we live and that's what's going to put us over. Faith in God's Word. Faith in the Scriptures. Faith in God really is what it is. When his, He is the Word and the Word, you know, they're, they all agree. They're, they're there, one. And so it's up to us to accept and believe and to talk about this rescue from the curse that the devil brought into the world and that Jesus has redeemed us from. It says, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And we know that Jesus was cursed because he hung upon the tree, on Calvary's tree for you and me. And at that particular time, he bore stripes upon his back as well as taking our sins to the cross. And the Bible says, with his stripes, we are healed that's what the Bible says. And I don't know about you, but when I saw the movie, The Passion of the Christ, I, I knew this truth. But when I saw that and how well that they portrayed Jesus taking that whipping, taking those stripes upon his back. And, and you know, it, it was painful to watch, wasn't it? And I remember the times and I saw it more than once. I just would weep because I thought, my Savior my Lord would do that for me. And so I'm not going to let that be in vain in my own life. And I'm going to share and tell the people that I have influence with what Jesus has done for them. I may not be able to tell everybody in the whole world, but I am going to receive it for myself and I'm going to share it with the people that I have opportunity to. Because that curse of sickness and disease has been, we've been redeemed from that. And we don't have to move back under that. And so we need to stand for what God has done for us. Amen? Now listen to this. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, how? Through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You see, anything we receive from the Lord comes by His Holy Spirit through faith. It's not by might of one person or by the power of many, but it is by His Spirit through faith that you and I get anything from the Lord. If you try to get it any other way, it's not going to work. It's faith that pleases God. Faith in what? Faith in what He said. Faith in what he's provided. If he said we've been, uh, rev- uh, this uh, curse uh, of sickness and disease has been reversed, and Jesus took our sicknesses and bore our diseases that we could have health, healing, wholeness, and soundness, then that's what we believe. You see, we need to come to Jesus like a little child. Sometimes, you know, we want to explain everything away. We, we want to be just such a theologian that, that, you know, any of the truths of the Scripture, we're, well, it really doesn't mean that, and, you know, that's passed away, and that was for a particular dispensation or whatever. And you know what I have to say to that? You, you're just too educated. Education is good, and I like I like to educate myself, and I do it all the time, you know, in various and and, and many ways, you know, uh, in in what I do. I like to study, I like to read, uh, and I like to be... But, you know, there's a place where you think that you've grown too big for your britches. You know what I'm talking about? And God said, it's time that you see yourself through the Word and not through, you know someone else's interpretation, or trying to, you know, uh, uh, say that it passed away or whatever, just take the Word of God. And the Bible says, rightly divide the Word of God. So, you know, if you see a truth in the Scriptures, let let every word be established. There's two or three witnesses. In other words, if you see one Scripture, you don't pull that out of context, but you see is that consistently in the Bible... And then you can believe it. If you ever study healing in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's everywhere. Well, we know God heals today, but He does it through doctors. Well, I certainly do believe that God heals through doctors. Because if He didn't give them the ability and the knowledge that he did, there's no way that they could do what they do. And so do I believe that God could use a doctor? Yes. But do I believe that that's the only way that we can receive healing? Not at all. I believe in supernatural healing. I was talking to two women today in ministry and, and you know we were talking about what we believed and what we did and all of that. And you know what? I just say it. I just say it. Jesus is a healer. I believe in divine, supernatural healing. Now, I do believe in doctors. And I do believe that they do a lot of good in this world. And I'm very thankful for them. But I don't believe that that's, that's the ultimate way. I, you know, I'd, re- I'd rather receive supernatural healing. Amen. However it comes, though, healing is good. Isn't that the truth? All right. So this blessing... That Jesus gave to the Christian is in place of the curse that was upon our life. And he took the curse, that, again, that we could be blessed. Amen? And he says that the blessing of Abraham... Well, I wanted to look at Abraham. Through this whole thing, i wanted to look at Abraham. So guess what? We're looking at Abraham tonight. Let's turn to Genesis 12. I love to, to read about Abraham and study about Abraham. Uh, Turn to chapter 11. I'm just going to look at uh, some verses here. In verse number 31, uh, give you a little history. Um, Abraham, you know, was with his family and God began to talk to him about what he needed to do. And, um, And so the story unfolds. In verse number 31, And Terah took Abraham his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. Now, I want you to look at this. Here is Abraham. He's with his father. If you look at this name, Terah, do you know what that means? Delay. In other words, what that began to speak to me, Abraham had a blessing. Abraham had a call. Abraham had a destiny, but as long as he stayed, now it was his father evil. No, I'm not saying that. But but there God was requiring something of Abraham that he hadn't done to this point. He had to separate himself from the delay that was in his life. And then it says, you know, that that they came from Ur they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees. Well, we know that that was uh, one of the places, I think Daniel refers to it, that was one of the first places where um, the occult sprung up, was there, the worship. The moon god, I think, was what was um, in, in, that, in that place where that they were involved in. And so God said, you've been delayed, you've been in a place where they're worshiping, uh, things and other gods, and I'm calling you out. Now it says that even when he came into Canaan land, he came into Haran. And do you know what that means? It means place of dry and parched. See, he he came out of that place where he had been delayed. And and uh, Terah was leading him from Ur of the Chaldees and they were going in to Canaan to this place called Haran, a place that is parched and dried. And he was kind of parked there. Have you ever felt like you were in a land... Uh, uh, where there's nothing but parched and dry land around you, where there's no there's no fresh, fresh, uh, freshness, there's no uh, movement of the Spirit of God. You know, sometimes we're like Abraham. We're in a parched and a dry land and all the time when you read the next few verses in that chapter 12, you see what God was trying to do. He was trying to get him away from the occult worship. He was trying to get him away from the delays of the blessing. He was trying to get him away from the parched and the dry land. And see, that's what God is trying to do with us. He's trying to get us away from those things and on into the blessings that he has for us. Now, he says in verse... 1 of chapter 12. Now the Lord had said. I always thought that was so interesting how that was worded. The Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show you. Evidently, God had spoken that to Abraham, but up into this time, he hadn't done that. And then his father uh, dies and the delay is gone. But still, Abraham, to move on in God's blessing, had to obey God and had to obey the Word. It's no different for us. What we see in the Word of God, we have to obey. When the Bible says, if someone has hurt you, you are supposed to forgive them. And if you don't forgive them, we know what? We're not going to be able to be blessed because what we hold against others is coming... Uh, to us. So we have to obey the scripture. You know, we, we have to, you know, have the fruit of the spirit in our life. We have to be kind. We, you know, we, we have to be loving. We, We need to be all the things that God has said to us to be able to experience God's blessing in our life. And as things are revealed, you know what's wonderful about God? He doesn't expect you and just slap you upside of the head and say, you got to know it all or you're never going to receive anything. There are degrees of growth in God. There's degrees of maturity. And as you walk, you're held accountable for more. Aren't you glad that he doesn't slap us upside of the head? Because we'd all be in trouble, wouldn't we? But you know one thing in walking with the Lord, I know more today than I did a few years ago because I'm growing, I'm continuously growing and maturing in the Lord, and that's what we all should be doing, amen? So we see here... This scripture, I'm just going to keep reading down through verse number three. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. See, God doesn't care if you have a great name. But you know what? He wants to give it to you and not you try to get it on your own. Hey, look, I'm the great one. I'm here. I've arrived. Everybody look. Notice. No, he wants us to be humble. And any great name and distinguishing uh, mark in our life, he is the one to bring that. He is the one to give us that. You know, not that, you know, we have this tremendous ego that we have to, you know, we have to be in the forefront. We have to have the attention. You know, as, as God's people, we need to know when to speak up, when we have an opportunity for the Lord and take that place and be able to do that. But when it's time to sit down and let somebody else do it, you know, we ought to be able to do that too. It's really true, you know, and not think it's all about us. It's all about me. You want me to sing that song? No, I'm not going to do it. I've got to do that duet with someone next Christmas, so I'm waiting for that. (laughs) Okay, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Okay, I want us to look. I want us to just dissect that a little bit. As we read down through there, Abraham is told to get out. Everybody say, get out. Did he say, say, get out of that land of blessing? No, he said, get out of the place of delay and where you're parched and dry, not receiving what you need to receive. Get out! God could be speaking that to us tonight. Well, I know he speaks it to me. I go to a church, a different church every week. Is that what God's talking about? No. You need some stability. (laughs) I'm preaching here. No, he's saying get out of the rut of doubt and unbelief. Get out of the rut of the world and the way that even the church world can paint God to you. Get out of that rut and get into the Word of God and see who God really is. Experience Him for who He really is. Instead of taking what someone else wants to tell you that you can't have and you can't do. really the truth. So he said, get out of that place, turn your back on that worldly way of thinking and separate from your family and friends. Well, I knew my family was evil and I knew (laughs) I know some of us in our family, things are not always the best, are they? I mean, we thank God for our families and you know, I'm very thankful for mine. I have a good family. Uh, You know, Eddie and I both are both sides of our family. We have good family, and we're very thankful for that. But, you know, there came a time where we had to separate ourselves from family and friends. I remember one time we were in this Bible study with these friends. They were friends, but different kind of friends. Yeah, they were full of unbelief, he said, and that's true. But anyway, you know, we'd see things from the Word and we'd want to talk about it with them in this small group, this Bible study. And I mean, it turned into arguments and explaining, you know, why that passed away with the apostles and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we decided and we knew we had to separate ourselves from that because we chose to believe what the Bible said. And people don't want you many times to believe what the Bible says. And then, you know, I think Abraham, He it's not that he had an evil family, but God knew that there had to come a time that he had to separate himself from things that maybe he was relying on or separate himself uh Himself from things that were were pulling him away, in one way or the other, and see, we came to that place in 1978, and we had to separate ourselves from friends, and we had to separate ourselves from family, and we had to go into a new land, (laughs) and we've told you that story many times, and that's you know when we went to California before we came back here um, to start the church, but you know I've got a feeling that that was not just for the two of us i've got a feeling that this is something that god maybe helps each one of us to have to deal with and and maybe it's not a geographical change that we make but there is a change inwardly that has to take place and there's this you know the separation at in at this level you know My mother, my father, my sister, my brother, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. They may not see the Word of God the way I see it when I read it. But you know what? I'm going to turn my back on that. Even if they do not agree with me, and I'm going to follow the Lord. And I'm going to get out of the parched and dry land. And I'm going to follow God on into the promised land where the blessing is. Amen? So... Abraham had to do that. And we have to do that from time to time. You know, how many of you have had, uh, you don't need to lift your hands, but how many of you you have had friends, Christian friends, but you know, because they didn't believe the scripture, they didn't believe the Bible. You know, you had to pull yourself away and not that you you know it's not a haughty spirit and I'm better than you it's not that kind of a thing it's just I know if I'm going to do what God wants me to do I've got to do things differently and I'm willing to do that and you know the time that 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 we broke ourselves away from friends um, that um, that couldn't couldn't go where we were going that was so difficult that was difficult for me. That wasn't an easy thing because I like for people to like me. And, you know, I, I, I like to, um, um, to fellowship and relationships and that kind of thing. I like that. But, you know, it doesn't matter if for a while you have to be lonely. Sometimes that's what it requires. Amen. The second thing that Abraham had to do is he had to be shown his destiny. He had to be shown what his destiny was. And you know, that's no different for you and me. God has a destiny for our life. Well, you know, I know he has it for Pastor King, or I know he has it for Oral Roberts, or I know he has it for this one or, you know, that one. But he has one for each one of us. He has a destiny. And we have to walk into that. We have to turn our back on this curse and walk into the the blessing. Amen? And, um... He said, get thee out, and I will show thee. See, God wants to show us some things. He wants to reveal some things. But sometimes we're in a state where we're unable to have that revelation given to us. It's like we're, you know, there's a veil over our understanding and our sight. And so God has to get you in a different situation He has to get you in a different place and then he wants to show you something about your destiny. Amen? And then he goes on to say, you'll be made into. He will make you. You'll be made into when you pull yourself away and you say, God, I'm going with you come hell or high water. I'm going with you. I'm going to allow you to show me your destiny and then, Lord, I want to be molded And made into the vessel that you want me to be. Now, we all have read the story about the potter's wheel and how, you know, on that potter's wheel, you know, it's just like, you know, they put clay on the potter's wheel and then they begin to move and, you know, shape and, you know, do all of that. God wants to shape us and He wants to mold us. But the trouble of it is sometimes we want to jump off of the potter's wheel. Oh, God, i got to go over here and do this. They really need me. I'm the great one. I'm the only one who can do this. And God said, get back on that wheel. <laughs> I'll tell you when you're made into. Yeah, whatever. So you'll be made into. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're made into <coughs> excuse me, what God wants you to be, you're going to have to maybe go through tough things. Now, does God, does God bring evil? No, I don't, he does not. But there are tough things that happen in your life. And through those tough things, there's a toughening, not in a wrong way. I'm not talking about not being sensitive to the Lord, but where, you know what? The devil comes in and tries to do something, the devil comes in and tries to rob, steal, kill, or destroy. And you've got a toughness about you. And you said, you know what? I've been through that before. I've seen that devil before and he's not going to do that to me. Or he's not going to do it to you. I'm going to pray with you. And so when you're made into another person, there's a teaching process that has to go on. There's a training process that has to go on. And there's a strengthening and that shaping and molding that I've already talked about that has to go on. Amen? Now, I'm going to tell you, when you're being shaped and molded and things are tough and you're being strengthened and all that kind of thing, you know, sometimes that brings discomfort. There's a loss of your comfort. And see, if I had one thing that I could say about the body of Christ, and I really, I'm not just speaking to everybody else; I'm speaking to myself. If there's one thing that we have to watch is getting too comfortable. Now, we don't have to be so dissatisfied that we can't stand life, but but we need to be able to put ourselves out a little bit to be made into what God wants us to be made into. You know, Eddie travels all the time um, on foreign fields. And, you know, I've traveled a lot myself, but not nearly as much as he has. But one of the issues that I have to deal with when I get out there, and he knows it, is, man, sometimes it's tough. We've been in some situations where, oh, my gosh, I don't ever want to go back there again. (laughs) I love those people, and I did what I could do but man, it's tough. You know, I remember one time we were speaking, he and I both were speaking. Was it in Nicaragua? Is that where we were? Bluefields? Is that Nicaragua, right? We were in that place and we had this little room that they had given us and man, it was rough. The plane that we flew in on was terrible into that Bluefields. There were no, you know, the anglers are back there and they know all about this stuff, I know. But You know, here we are, and he and I are both speaking, and we had this room. It was dirty, just dirty, and you know how I am about dirt. (laughs) I can't stand it. (laughs) Ah! Um, But anyway, it was not a good place. But, you know, I just have to talk to myself. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I am going to do what God wants me to do. I am going to get tough here. You know, and that room was so small that the bed took up the whole room <laughs> and I mean, if I was getting ready, Eddie had to sit on the bed and if he was <laughs> you know and vice versa, and in the shower, there was no there was no hot water, and it was just so dirty and you know, but anyway, I had to move on through that, and I did. Victory. I got victory. (laughs) And so I got out, you know, and was going to go preach. And I'm telling you, you know, you put your makeup on, you do your hair, you're all dressed up and you step out the door and you just step out for two minutes and you're soaking wet because the humidity and your hair and your makeup begins to melt. (laughs) But you know what? You preach it anyway. You go and you preach it anyway. You know what? That's being molded. That's being shaped. Now, you may not do it that way. Your your way may be some other way. But whatever it is, God is making me into a vessel that he wants me to be just like you. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. Amen? But it is a process, isn't it? But then he goes on to say, you'll be blessed. I want us to read verse number uh, two out of Genesis 12 from the Amplified. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished. See, he said he would do it. And you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. Isn't that a good verse? And so God said, we're going to be blessed as God's people. See, we re- we're redeemed from the curse to receive a blessing. And he said, you will be blessed with Abraham's blessing. Now, see, I want you to understand this. Sometimes we get stuck in this spot. And with Abraham's blessings are mine, and here we go. But then we don't understand that there's more to this blessing than just what we can consume upon ourselves. See, God wants to bless you, and so we don't need to be religious and say, well, you know, we don't need a blessing. Yes, we do. We need blessings terribly. We need blessings. And so we accept and we receive that. But then we see that we are blessed by God to be a blessing. Remember I told you last week, and some of you may have been shocked by what I said. You know, and I said, it's selfish. It's selfish. Not to want more than enough so that you can help others. And why do I say that? Because you're blessed to be a blessing. And if you have nothing, you can give nothing. And I understand that there's more than finances that you can give. So if you don't have finances at this particular time, then give what you can. Give love. Give a prayer. Give some kind of help. Go clean somebody's house. Go wash their car. Do something. Give. See, you've been blessed to be a blessing. And so that's a wonderful truth. And I just wanted us tonight to look into this and see what God had done for us through Jesus Christ. Amen? And the fifth thing is that you'll be the blessing, which I just talked to you about. So Christ has redeemed us from this curse of the law, and we know it to be death, poverty, and sickness and disease. And again, we're going to zero in on that tonight. And if you look at Deuteronomy twenty-eight, twenty-two, you will see here it talks about sicknesses and disease that will come upon people who are under this curse of the law. And it begins out in verse number 22 by saying the Lord will smite thee with different things. And um, Robert Young, Dr. Robert Young says that this um, is um, stated here in the wrong way. It's God uh, really in the Hebrew is giving the permissive tense here and they wrote it down as the causative tense. In other words, God would allow all these sicknesses and diseases to come upon us. It didn't say that sickness and disease came from the hand of God or from heaven to earth because we know that sickness and disease doesn't exist there. And we know that when Adam was in the garden, there was not all these curses. That came when Adam handed things over to the devil himself. Amen? Amen. So it really should say the Lord um, will not allow you or will allow you to be smitten by. And, you know, consumption, fever, and, you know, all these uh, different things. And the things that are named are like tuberculosis, heart attack, cancer, tumors, heart attacks, mental illness, and on and on and on. See, Jesus took upon himself. The the Bible says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. In other words, you know, the mental suffering that we do, Jesus paid the price for that. Isn't that good news to know that? But then not only these particular things that it mentions there in that portion of Deuteronomy 28. In verse number 61, it goes on to say, And every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book. In other words, all sickness and all disease comes under the curse. And if we've been redeemed from the curse, if that curse of sickness has been reversed, then what do we get then? We get the provision that Jesus gave to us, which is healing. He took stripes upon His back that we could have healing, wholeness, and soundness in our bodies. Amen? So, we have to accept that, and we need to appropriate it Instead of just going along with, well, the doctor says you have this and the doctor says you have that. Well, he may have checked you out and that may be uh, what the prognosis is. But I'm going to tell you what the truth, uh, the whole truth is, is Jesus redeemed you from that. So don't accept it. Don't buy into it. Don't say that this is the way that it has to be. Put your faith in God's word and allow him to do something about it, isn't it? Isn't that the truth? We don't need to be ambivalent. We don't need to be fluctuating back and forth. He heals. No, he doesn't heal. He heals. I don't know if he heals. He heals. I'm unsure if he heals. We need to know that Jesus is the healer. No matter what. I've known, I've prayed for people, you know, I've dealt with things. And it didn't matter if it appeared that healing was mine or not. I knew I had it. You lay hold of it. You accept it. You appropriate it. You receive the blessing. See, health is a blessing. Can you say that? Health is a blessing. Now, when Jesus was upon the earth, he demonstrated that healing was the will of God. Now, when Jesus in his earthly ministry went about, what did he do? He preached, and he, he taught the gospel. And then the next thing he did is he would cast out devils. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, I do. And wherever the devil is, he wants you to deal with it. He didn't say, go looking for devils. He said, but when you encounter them, you deal with them, and you cast them out like I did. How do you cast them out? In the name of Jesus if you see the devil in your life, if you see the devil encroaching in in areas that he shouldn't be in, you cast him out. Go into all the world, preach the, the gospel, and deal with those devils that you come in contact with. Don't just let it go on and on. So Jesus preached. He cast out devils. And what else did he do? He healed the sick. Do you think Jesus was outside and doing things that were contrary to the will of the Father? No, He did not. He did the perfect will of the Father. He obeyed the Father in every way. And so when He encountered sickness and disease, He had compassion upon people and He healed them. Isn't that the truth? And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. And so when we look in this book and we see Jesus is a healer, he has not changed. He is still healing today. Whether people, you know, they you know want to call you fanatics, holy roller, it doesn't matter. You just be calling me that name, I'm just going to be healed. I'm going to receive my healing, amen. I remember reading the story about Alexander Dowie, he was a minister, a great minister. You probably read, many of you have uh, after him about his life and everything. And uh, it was in the late 1800s and the bubonic plague was wiping out people everywhere. I mean, thousands and thousands of people were dying with that plague. And in his church, 40 people alone had already died. And he got before God one day and he was praying and crying out to God and, and weeping. And he said, God, where are you in this? Are you causing this? And, and this scripture in Hebrews came up to him. I am the same yesterday, today and forever. And what you see in the word of God is what I will do. And so he, he got that word from God about healing. And faith arose in his heart. And he got a knock on the door. And, and this uh, young child came and said, Quick, pastor, come pray for Mary. She's dying. She has this plague. And so he, Dowie gets there and goes in. And when he does... You know, the doctor is there, and the doctor is in his church, is a member of his church. And the doctor is there, and he says, there's no hope. And Dowie says, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to heal her. And you know what that doctor said? He said, you better leave the work of God alone. Do you think God with that plague killed all those thousands and thousands? That's not the Jesus I know. That's not the heavenly father I know because he has compassion. He took stripes upon his back so that we could be healed. And so Dowie just turned. See, sometimes you have to turn from unbelief. And Dowie turned and he laid his hands upon that little girl who was frothing at the mouth because she was right in in the throes of death. And he commanded that plague to go from her and the devil to release her and pray the healing power of God to be released. And you know what? Little Mary fell asleep and her mother was alarmed because she thought she had passed away. But he said no. She's just sleeping. She's going to rest for a little while. You get some food ready because in a little while she's going to want it. So she woke up, and she wanted something to eat. And not only did he pray for Mary, the the young girl that day, but he prayed for another uh, sibling, and they were healed also. So Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and his healing power has not passed away. As some would have you to believe. Amen. Sickness and disease is a thief, it's a robber. It makes slaves of family members that have to care for others. It deprives families of happiness, health, and money. It's not a blessing. Sickness is not a blessing. Well, this is come for, you know, to bring glory to God. No, God receives glory when Jesus is received as our healer. Where does this curse of sickness come from? And I'm finishing up here. Luke 13, 16. Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom the blessing came from, whom Satan has bound, ought not she to be loosed, See, Satan had this woman bound in sickness and disease. And so if we're ever wondering where it comes from, that should be easy enough to see. Acts 10, 38. Jesus went about doing good. He doesn't do bad. He does good. God is a good God. And healing those who were oppressed by the devil. Oppression is a weighted down, being weighted down. <clears throat> Jesus went about doing good and healing all that those who were oppressed by the devil, those who were under the curse of sickness and disease. He was even then, when he was upon the earth, giving them a way out as people came to him. So we see that the devil brings sickness and disease. But then Isaiah tells us again, and I've referred to it several times here tonight, that when Jesus went to that cross and died there, before he died, he took stripes upon his back. He bore our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrow and our disease. It literally means grief and sorrow. So when we're going through painful times and there's sorrow and grief, Jesus is there to help us and to heal our hearts, heal our emotions, but it also means sickness and disease and with his stripes we are healed how does healing come by the stripes of jesus that's where the provision was made matthew 8:17 himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses 1 peter 2:24 by his stripes now listen to this we were everybody say were by his stripes we were healed. "Were" is a past tense word, isn't it? By his stripes we were. That's looking back to Calvary, looking back to uh, when Jesus took our curse at Calvary's cross. Looking back, and now you know we come to First Peter two twenty four in the New Testament. At New Testament, and he said we were healed. We were healed through what Jesus did. It's already done. It's a past tense. Now, we just have to receive it and know how uh, to make it a part of our life. Amen? Now, healing is enumerated throughout the Old and the New Testament over and over again. And so, it's available to you. It's available to me. But just like anything else, we have to believe it. See, that's why you're hearing this word tonight, so you can believe. That's why you come to church, so you can hear God's word and you can believe. You can have faith. Faith to what? Faith to bring you health and healing. Faith to bring you the provision that God has for you. Faith to take you to heaven and give you a life here where you're not living in spiritual death while you're up on the earth. Do you know God's secondary purpose is to bless? Did you know that? That's His secondary purpose to bless humanity. He wants to bless you. He's not against you, He's not doing things to hurt and harm you. Now, I want you to remember as I'm closing tonight these things about healing Jesus was our substitute, He took your sickness, He paid the price. The second thing is we need to understand where sickness comes from. And I've just talked to you about that. The devil brings sickness and disease. The third thing we need to know is healing is for today. It did not pass away. It is for today. The fourth thing we need to know is healing is God's will. Many times people don't receive, well, I don't know if that's God's will. Do you have a Bible? Do you have a Bible? If you have a Bible, you are looking at God's will. And I've been preaching from God's will to you tonight, so you can know Him. The fifth thing is we have to believe His report, even in Isaiah 53, in those verses where He took our sicknesses and carried our diseases. The first part of that uh, uh, chapter says, whose report will you believe? You've got to believe His report rather than everybody else's. We make it the main thing. And the sixth thing is that we need to remember about healing, is the devil is a liar and he's a deceiver. Now, if he can't get you to believe that it's not God's will to heal you and you lay hold of healing, then the next thing he's going to lie and he's going to say, well, you thought you got healed, but really you didn't. So he can bring something back on you. I've seen that so many times. It it, it is amazing. And I I remember hearing Brother Hagen tell this story Years ago, um, how that there uh, were two people that were supernaturally healed. One woman came back to church and she said, well, you know, I got my healing, but, but it's gone. I lost it. And then there was another man that was in that same meeting that received, um, you know, his supernatural healing by the power of God, this blessing of healing and the removal of sickness from his life. And he said he was uh, in a downtown area, and he was walking around. And he said, all of a sudden, he knew that that sickness was trying to come back into his body. He got real weak. He couldn't hardly walk, and he had to go and prop himself up on a wall. And while he was doing that, on one of the, you know, on a, a little side street, and while he was doing that, he said, "No devil, you're not bringing that back on me. In Jesus' name, I resist you. I've been healed." And so if the devil can, you know, if he can uh, get you to believe that, yeah, you got healed, but you're not going to stay healed, then that's what he'll try to do. But don't fall for that. You stand for the Word of God. You stand for the blessing that God has given you. And remember this, the curse has been reversed. That's the curse of poverty, sickness, and death. It no longer should have a hold on our lives. We should stand for His Word. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.